You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Woo! Fellas, fellas, it's a brand new year. It's a brand new team. I'm here on time, ready to go. Let's go. So we we do we do. Can we can we kick this podcast off with something special? And I I I, I want to say this, and I was gonna talk about it earlier, but I knew that it was gonna trigger Gary. And Gary, don't you fucking say anything. You let me get this out. You let me get this out two times. You let me have my piece. In fact, mute Gary. Mute. I want to go on a smooth, romantic romance with Baker fucking Mayfield. Baker, congratulations taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to three straight NFC South titles. No other quarterback in the history of the sport has done that. I want to congratulate Baker Mayfield for also getting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back to the playoffs. They hadn't been to the playoffs since Tom Brady. So I want to, my hats off to Baker Mayfield. He's done a lot of things. There's a lot of people that talk ill about Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to say that Gary Barnage is one of those. I'm not going to say Tom is one of those. But I'm just letting you know that Baker Mayfield is playing out of his mind. And I think he should at least get one or two MVP votes because he took a struggling, starving Tampa Bay Buccaneers team to the playoffs. You are muted, Gary. Um, I don't even think that needs dignity and response because you act like the Bucks haven't made the playoffs in years, <laughs> and it was literally last year with Tom Brady. <laughs> so, um, in the weakest division in the NFL. I spoke facts just then. What's crazy, Gary, is, is that the Saints had an opportunity to get into the playoffs. Um, and uh, I think they're, yeah. And you know that nobody over in that division played well. But you have to get your hats off to Baker Mayfield. It ain't like he was the guy over there from jump. He went over there. He worked his ass off. He got the spot. And he took that team to the playoffs. That's commendable. And that that deserves a raise. He won't be the quarterback there next year. He's can, a playoff. Can you imagine a, uh, a quarterback that has the likes of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with Rashad White, who's been one of the best running backs in the league this year, and you barely finish above 500? You're going to talk about MVPs and sing his praises when Joe Flacco came in and slung the ball around for – you know, the Browns carried them to the playoffs. You're going to talk, talk about Baker Mayfield? I mean, yeah, props to him. He did all right. He wasn't terrible. But, God, dog, I mean, what, he's, got, he's got some of the best weapons in the whole NFL, and they barely finished above 500. Okay, let me, t- let me tell you something while y'all hating on Baker Mayfield. Um, do you remember a guy that played – I can't think of his – they called him Joe Cool or Joe Burrow or Cincinnati. That that team over there, he outplayed that quarterback over there. That quarterback hasn't played half the year. He outplayed that quarterback over there. There's some other quarterbacks that he outplayed. There's some quarterbacks. There's some teams right now that could have used Baker Mayfield's services because he is a playoff contending quarterback. We'll see him next week, Gary. Yeah, you'll see them lose next week. Correct. I, I don't understand why you don't like Baker Mayfield, man. I, I mean, the guy I just don't is think he's a franchise quarterback. No, oh, he's playing. He got his team to the playoffs, Gary. Stop hating on this man. He's not bro. a franchise quarterback. You sound like Cat Williams, bro. You sound like Cat Williams. You, you sound like it. So Dak Prescott's is amazing quarterback then for getting Dallas to the playoffs. And win the division. I, I, I did. I did not say that. We did not expect anything out of Tampa Bay this year. We did not expect Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was projected to win first or second in that division. With, with Baker, New Orleans. With yeah, Baker, it, yeah. Yeah. With New Orleans is uh, the opposite of first or second, and New Orleans finished second. 
So the projections of them winning first or second came correct for both teams. Oh, okay. Uh, Gary, he sounds like Cat Williams, so you're telling him he sounds like he's spitting facts. He's talking facts up here. Now, I, I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. We I want to I want to unpack that Cat Williams that Cat Williams conversation whenever you dive into. Well, first, it. I, can we talk about how good the Eagles are playing lately? Oh, really? No, that hey, poor Eagles, and they lost half the team to injuries. But before we move to the rest of the playoffs, because you know, obviously Baker Mayfield, uh, Gary has some history. He's a highlight. Yep. I want to ask Gary how he feels about his replacement and Joku making the Pro Bowl. It's because this has been like the first year where we've seen something out of him. Do you feel like the Browns got it right now all these years later? I will, I will commend Njoko. He had a great season. But uh, I do think that Evan Ingram should have been the first Hall of Fame. I mean, a Hall of Fame Pro Bowl over Njoku. Evan Ingram had a hundred and something catches and more yards. All he had was three less touchdowns. Uh, and I think you should, it should be based off of what you do stats wise, not the, the productivity of your team. And I, I will stay by it. I've said that since I made the pro bowl, because when I made the pro bowl, I was an alternative. I was a, me and Delaney Walker were both alternatives. We both made it because Robert Gossie made it to the Super Bowl and the other guy made it to the Super Bowl. I don't remember who it was. But we had better stats than the other three of the other tight ends in the Pro Bowl that got voted in. But those teams happened to be playoff teams. So our teams were terrible and not in the playoffs. So it wasn't based off of what you did on the season. It was based on popularity of that team of that and how good that team did during the season, not actual uh, individual performance by the players, which that's why yeah. I think the Pro Bowl is a joke in general. Yeah. How, how good is that AFC is it AFC North? How good is that AFC North? How good is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens? Because we're looking at three teams in that division that I have no idea how Pittsburgh Steelers snuck into the playoffs. Have so no you're going to see Pittsburgh lose first round. You're going to see Browns beat the Texans and then lose in the second round. And you're going to see Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Way too early to be giving us your Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Like we I'm just, just saying that's who's in the Super Bowl. All you, from the AFC North. Well, uh, well I well, mean, honestly, you're I, talking about snubs, and it's another I, one from Jaguars. I can I get some hot take? Well, I think ETN was one of the biggest snubs for running backs. If you want to talk about what? the biggest snub in general. <laughs> Fell off the face of this planet, bro, when Jacksonville started losing. The biggest snub in the Pro Bowl by far was Antoine Wilf Winfield Jr. not making it and Buda Baker making it. Winfield had 30 to 40 more tackles. He had more interceptions, more sacks, more pass breakups by a lot and did not make the uh, Pro Bowl. That's when you know it's a popularity contest. Who had more wins? That's all I care about. Who had more wins? Uh, the Bucks had more wins because Winfield's on the Bucks and Buda Baker's yeah. on the Cardinals. I was about to say. <laughs> but Buda Baker's a bigger name. So that's the problem with the, the way the Pro Bowl voting is. There's too much clout put into fan voting, and fans shouldn't have that big of a say. It should, because you're, you're not rewarding guys for having good seasons. Right. Well, I guess that's what all pros for, right? Correct. But only one player makes all pro. Yeah. Per position, so. Well, I thought it was two, Gary. You get all pro and then the second string. That does nobody cares about the second string all pro. All they care about yeah. is all pro. But that's what I'm saying, though. When you go second string all pro, you still get the all pro tag. You just don't get the notoriety as the first string. Yeah. yeah. So um, give me the reference here. I'm going to give it to you. Uh Total tackles. I'm going to give you Winfield first, Buda Baker second. 72 to 50. Assist tackles, 45 to 27. Sacks, 5 to 0. Passes defended, 12 to 0. Interceptions, 3 to 0. Fumbles recovered, 4 to 0. Fumbles forced, 5 to 0. Played 16 games, played 11 games. But the guy who played 11 games and the less stats made the Pro Bowl. 
That's yeah. what I have a problem with. That type it's, of stuff should not happen. That's every that's every year, Gary. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a stat like that. It's a popularity contest. It shouldn't. It is a it it is a popularity contest. It's not thrown to as much. Well, they both play safety. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe they don't throw safety at as much. They usually play zone. Usually, safeties are in a zone unless they play heavy man. But for the most part, they're a lot under zone. Right. Well. Well, what do y'all want to go over who we think is going to be in the Super Bowl? I mean, it sounds like Gary think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to make it from the AFC side. So he's that saying that I, you don't think that there's a team on the AFC side that can handle Baltimore. I think it's going to be tough with the way Baltimore's playing. I, I'll give you time to think about that because you obviously what's the what's going to be the first surprise high seed loss next weekend or the weekend I, like what's going to be the upset that we're just like they're high seed and i'm not talking about my 49ers we're not talking about that uh, anything other than the number one seed who you think is going to exit the playoffs first as a high seed time go ahead uh and i i love i love to start with the nfc You just said we can't do anybody but the number one seed. No, you can't no, do anybody. Do, do you can do NFC. NFC, yeah. So obviously the 49ers is the one seed. Um, the Cowboys got the two seed. Philly got the three seed. No, Detroit's three. Three, three. Philly dropped the four. Philly's five. Oh shit. Bucks are four because Bucks it's either four division. Uh, yeah. So Philly went from having a home game to going on the road. They're going to Tampa. Wow. It might not be a bad idea. Well, so who do you think in those high seeds uh gonna lose first? Cowboys, 49ers, or the Detroit Lions? Uh as far as upset, I think the first upset is going to come when the Cowboys beat the 49ers. Well, that won't be until the uh, AFC the NFC Championship. Right, exactly. You are rude, Ty. You are rude. With the, you know, I mean, technically, seed-wise, the Eagles over the Bucks is going to be an upset if they win. Um, I haven't heard. Have y'all heard AJ Brown's injury? No, I haven't heard. No, I hadn't heard either. I, but I, I technically think the Eagles will beat the Bucks. Uh, but some of that's dependent on what that injury stats is looking like because they're pretty banged up. Um, if he's hurt, I can see the Buccaneers winning that game. Uh, um, but if not, I'm going to say the Eagles win that game. And then once you got Detroit, uh, and who in the next round? You have the Packers and Cowboys. You have Detroit and Rams. And then you have uh, oh. the Eagles and Bucks. Yeah, so I think the Cowboys handle business. I think the Detroit Lions handle business. Then I think it becomes, well, that would put 49ers versus the Eagles uh, and the Lions versus the Cowboys. Lions versus Cowboys. Cowboys take that. 49ers take that. And then Cowboys upset 49ers. So go to the Super Bowl, just like everybody's been predicting for the last 20 years. Got to be okay. right at some point, right? Okay. That's my um, So Victory. now that we've got out of that uh, porta potty, guys, um, I apologize for exposing y'all to that shit. Um, that the time is spewing. Um, let's get. Let, I I, I want to get something. I want to get get to something real quick before I go over the NFC and what I think. Did y'all hear what Jameis Winston said about the go ahead? Why they scored the touchdown at the end of that game yesterday? So it was 41 to whatever, 40 to whatever, and then they were on the one-yard line, and the coach told him to take a knee. Where Jameis Winston had an interview where he said he overruled the coach's decision to take a knee and to punch it into the end end zone as a team decision. 
<laughs> so they punched it into the end zone, <laughs> But you know why, though? Because Jamal had scored 17 touchdowns in 2022. He came over to New Orleans and he hadn't scored one all year. They're on the one-yard line, and Jameis Winston was probably like, man, we're going to get you one, bro. Come on, we're going to go ahead and knock the ice off and handed him the ball. He got in for the touchdown, and the coach lost his shit at the end of the game. Gary, my question to you is, and I know we played football for a long time, and I have been on both sides, and the older I get, the more, like back in the days, I was like, man, ain't no damn way you should run the score up on a team. But now I've gotten to the point that, like, if you don't want them to run the score up on you, don't let them score. Don't, your objective as a opposing team is to stop your opposing team from doing what it is they want to do. And in the event that you can't stop them, you can, I mean, you can't get pissed off. There's no etiquette in football as it relates to how many points I want to put up. If you can't stop me that day, shit, tough luck on you. So my question to you, Gary, is, is I mean, are we, are we looking too much into this? Like, is Jack, I mean, is that their decision on, hey, we're going to go in for a touchdown. We ain't got to take a knee. We don't want to do this. I know we up 35, the game's over, but I'm trying to run my numbers up. Uh, do what you want on offense. I don't care. If you don't want them to score, don't let them score. It's that simple. Exactly. I think it's the simplest concept. If you don't want them to score, don't let them score. Especially Arthur's trash ass all year, been using – Everybody except his best weapons all year long gonna ha- gonna feel like he can come out here and bitch and complain because somebody is scoring a touchdown late. Like stop him or score more than them. Y- y'all been terrible all year. You've been terrible at coaching all year, and you're gonna complain about this. Lord have mercy. Yeah, go, Arthur go Smith's been that. Arthur Smith has been terrible. He hasn't used his offense, his his weapons that they have. And I have no remorse for them getting this the score ran up on them. Yeah. Well, I'm letting you guys know right now the 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 highest seed that's gonna lose and it's gonna be shocking is the number two seed. The number two seed will lose. Um and not only will they lose, it's going to be on a controversial finish because they seem to be involved and enthralled in controversy every week. Like, I, it'd be nice if we can see them win a close, like a game, and then not have any controversy surround around me, Gary. Uh, so um, that's my, I mean, I know shocking, right? What about you, Gary? You have, do you have the script already? Is that what you're telling us? Hey, you know, yeah, I got the script. I saw it. <laughs> in the words, in the words of the great DC Curry, I saw the damn. I I, I saw the chick. <laughs> so I don't I don't think there'll be any upsets in the first week of playoff football. In the NFC? In the NFC at all. I don't think there'll be any NFC. not I don't think the and the you can say Bucks and Eagles. But Eagles, Eagles are going to be favored in that game. Yeah, they're the lower seed, but they're going to be favored. And I think the, all the favorites are going to win their games. Okay. So that's I think the if thing. the one that's the most likely to lose is probably the Lions. And the only reason why I can say they're the most likely is because Matt Stafford has Cooper Cup and Puka, uh, Puka and Kyron Williams, and they have a good defense. I could still see you never know. That could just be a surprise upset that they have something in them to get one uh, upset win just to lose in the following week. But I could see that happen, but I think the Lions win. But and the it Lions, would not surprise me if that happens. The Lions are going to lion, and that's another injury. Laporta, hear what? Yeah, I don't, know what, I don't know what happened to him yet either. So... Yeah, what about what, who do you see? Who do you see? So, say all the favorites win week, week, uh, first round of playoffs. Who do you see advancing after that? It's it's tough because I don't see, I don't see the 49ers losing. That's the thing. I really don't. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see the forty nine. And I do if, right. if it's if it's Detroit versus Dallas, I could definitely see Detroit winning this time. So here, here's the thing. So the Rams, the Rams will play Detroit, and when the Rams play Detroit, you got Matthew Stafford playing against his old Rams team, Gary. So this is a team that took him the to the took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. The Lions, I'm talking about. It took him to the Super Bowl. Not, 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 not him taking them. They, they took him. Yeah, you're talking about Jared Goff. Yeah, I'm talking about Jared Goff. I'm sorry. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what that game looks like um, when they play each other. I I just don't think that the Lions have been trending in the right way, Gary, for us to say, hey, the Lions gonna do what they supposed to do. Um. Is that football? Because I really want to get to this Cat Williams stuff. We got to get AFC. Oh, okay. AFC, Gary. Gary said Baltimore already. Gary think doesn't Baltimore think Baltimore makes it to the Super Bowl on that side. Yeah, let's just say we think the Super Bowl pick is going to be. I think okay. Baltimore and San Fran, I think Baltimore wins. There's no way that Baltimore beat us twice. There's no way. There's no way. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that uh, this is gonna be bad because it's it's been ugly all year and ugly all year. But I'm gonna say that the Illuminati puts their hand into the the mix and pulls Travis Kelsey all the way to the Super Bowl so that we can have Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift versus the Cowboys, America's team. For the biggest Super Bowl of all time. And the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Bowl, baby. I hate this podcast. I really do. <laughs> I, I put myself through this shit every week, man. I really do. I got to I gotta find something else to do. I really do. This is not it. This is not it at all. I, I'm gonna tell you the Super Bowl that I would love to see. If I can't see my 49ers play in the Super Bowl, I'd love to see the Miami Dolphins versus the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. And somebody's got to win. I I want Detroit Lions to win because <laughs> can you imagine having the greatest running back of all time? And never get into the Super Bowl, and this fucking team gets there. <laughs> well, I would say I think it would be better to see Buffalo in Detroit because Buffalo went four straight times and lost four straight times. Yeah, and then see, so like I think that would be a crazy Buffalo versus Detroit would be a crazy one too. But I I can't lie to you, man. I, I I'm a Detroit fan. I I I can't lie, and I'm gonna tell you why I'm a Detroit fan. The Detroit Lions aren't winning football games because they're a great football team and they're doing all the right things. That's not why Detroit Lions are dangerous. That's not why the Detroit Lions are winning football games, Gary. That's why the that's not why the Detroit Lions are making the impact that they're making. They're making the impact that they're making because they're playing unusual circumstance football where they're going for it on fourth down 30, 40% of the time. Um, they're, they're, they're going against the algorithm of football. And as they're going against that algorithm of football, they're winning. So they're betting on themselves and this algorithm or against this algorithm and they're winning and they're producing football games. That's why the Detroit Lions are as dangerous as they are. They're not dangerous because they're a great football team. They're dangerous because of the mechanics of their football team going forward on fourth down, coming up with the fake punts whenever. These are things that you have to plan for that you otherwise couldn't plan for when you're playing a Dallas Cowboys or you're playing the San Francisco 49ers. You know that they're going to line up and they're going to play the algorithm, how the algorithm is supposed to play. Fourth down, we punt the ball. Fourth down, when Detroit is time for them to punt the ball, shit, they can fake punt it. They can actually punt it. They could come up with a, a another type of play or just say all together, hey, we ain't punting this damn ball. We're going for it on fourth down. 
And it doesn't have to mean that they got to be in the pickle. That's just how they operate. And because they operate like that, Gary, I like that Riverboat Run attitude. You remember Ron Rivera used to play the same way when he was with the commanders. They called it Riverboat Run. Now I guess he his luck that ran out. It used to be a leprechaun. I guess now, shit. <laughs> he dried up. You know how it is when them, them four-leaf clovers dry up. Go ahead, Don. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think, what what if Baker Mayfield wins? What if it's Baker Mayfield versus Joe Flacco in the Super Bowl? Hilarious. Is, is that the lowest rated Super Bowl of all time? Yes. <laughs> Honestly, probably not, because the Browns fans will tune in from everywhere. All 10 of them? Well, there's a lot more than there are Carolina fans. I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, we're, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> AFC side, I'll say this. I can see uh, Houston upsetting the Browns. I, I could because I think the Browns, like, I do think the Browns win, but it wouldn't surprise me because, again, they're relying on Joe Flacco and their defense to win them games. That's going to come to an end at some point. Just who knows when. Are we really saying that they're relying on Joe Flacco to win football games? That's what they've I been. That's what I they've hate y'all. I hate. That's just like saying they've been relying on Dak to win football games. I thought Cam Newton expressed this better than we could express it by talking about all the game managing quarterbacks versus the ones that win football games. I'm pretty sure he was on that list. So Brock Purdy. Is that what you're saying? Brock Purdy's a game manager. That's what, that was his number one target for that. Look, man, I'm a, I, I don't want to get into that. That was his number one target. You can't bring that up and skirt around the I, fact. I, I, I can bring that up if we're talking about it fit my narrative at the time, but now you guys turned it against me and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> uh, talking about fitting some narratives, I think this is a perfect segue into the Cat Williams conversation because he who got the mic is uh, he who sounds loudest. What do y'all think? Have y'all watched the, the interview, first of all? It's three hours long. I can't I have, imagine. I have not sat down and watched that interview. I've, I've watched enough of it to know and understand what it is you want to talk about with Cat Williams. I, 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 first and foremost, let's point out one thing. Um that I'd love to bring up and we talk about first. Out of everything that I've seen that Cat Williams said and did, uh, I didn't understand any any of it. And what I mean by I didn't understand any of it, it didn't matter to me that uh, other comedians don't like each other. It does not matter to me if uh, comedians are beefing or who give money and how much you're worth. None of that shit matters to me. I'm going to tell you what matters to me. This motherfucker showed up to the University of Memphis basketball court, ran a 40 in that bitch on the 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 the, the court and ran a 447. There's no way, Gary. There's no way. And first of all, he was running like Smokey was running in Friday. So there's no way you can tell me that this man they I I'm I'm saying that it was a 447 on the clock when he ran by. That's what they showed because there's no way. Not at that age, Gary, running a four four seven. Like those are better than TO times, and this man was on what? Nomi juice. Don't be a hater. Just because well, he's faster than you. People did point out that uh basketball court is shorter than forty yards. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know that that whole situation, uh the whole four three, forty, you know, who knows? He's obviously pretty quick, though, because he was definitely moving. And uh, one of his fellow comedians recently was in a foot race and pulled up lame. So, I don't know. If y'all remember Kevin Hart, damn near tore his yeah, leg so, off. So, so that's what I'm saying. Was this, so but was this, was this saying he was the, the fastest Williams comedian? The that's so crazy to me is, you know, obviously he came on to Shannon Sharp's podcast. And I've listened to the whole thing. I actually listened to it over the past couple of days as I've been driving around. And uh, the best part about it, 
you know, is like the the clips that come out, and then people turn around and fact check him what he said, right? Um, so like one of the big things was apparently Ricky Smiley came on Shannon Sharp's uh, podcast earlier in the year, or last year, at some point, and said that he had stolen the part of Money Mike from him. So he said originally, and that's you know in the Friday series. He said, originally, that was supposed to be my role, and Cat Williams was going to be Santa Claus. But then when we got there, they switched us. And so he, like, just said that straight out as if it was facts, right? Well, Cat Williams came on. That's the first thing he addressed. And, you know, he he, he said he felt so connected to that role because that was his first major role. He helped, like, write for that role, essentially, because he did some ad-libbing with it. But the funny part of me was Ice Cube actually got on his Instagram and was like, yeah. So Ricky Smiley did audition for that part, but there was never a point where it was actually going to be his because we didn't think he was a good fit for it. And Cat Williams was the embodiment of that character. So for me, it's all these like receipts that are coming out where people are like verifying what he's been saying in the thing, in the, in the, in the podcast. And it's just crazy because, you know, for the longest, you know, I even, I don't, I don't keep up with Cat Wins, but I thought he was drunk out on drugs and that's why he was in and out of the spotlight. Uh, but in the podcast, he says he's never done a hard drug. He said he, all he has ever done is weed. So, and he said that, that he was painted to be this way uh, because he wouldn't follow uh, the orders of Hollywood and the elite. So I don't know. It's, it was the perfect podcast for somebody that wears a tinfoil hat. I'll tell you that. So you loved every <laughs> second of it. I loved every second of it. And so is there anything that was said that you did not agree or you didn't believe it was too far fetched? <clears throat> so honestly, the first one, when he said he could run a four, three forty, I was like, okay, he's talking a little big right now. But, you know, him running that 4-4, I don't know if it was exactly a 40 or not, but whatever. Uh, he obviously is much faster than what we thought. The one thing that I thought was a little bit of cat, though, is like he was talking about how, you know, essentially if, like, him and somebody got in a fight, that he would be on business, you know, because he's like, he's like, I might not seem big, but my stature is much bigger when you see me in person. And essentially it was talking about, like, now, if he hadn't forgiven Cedric the Entertainer for stealing his joke, uh, if he would have seen him, he would have, like, punched him in his stomach and it would have let him know the business. When there's a video of Cat Williams struggling to hold off a, a seventh grader, <laughs> y'all remember that from years ago? Uh, it was a video that blew up where he he's over there wrestling with a seventh grader, having a hard time holding his own. So... That was one of the things that I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe he just overvalues himself. But, like, a lot of the stuff, it makes sense. And then, you know, like I said, more and more people, like, he talks about how he always, you know, because one of the things that Kevin Hart said about him, it was like that he never brought anybody up that was under him. And then all these stories of comedians that Cat has helped, but he just doesn't, like, post about it, do it for the gram type thing. He was like, I help people, and that's between me and God type thing. Like, you know, that's I'll come to your city, I'll make a hundred thousand. I tithe by going around, I turn around and putting ten thousand dollars back in your city, helping the homeless. Or so it's, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because I read a story uh, of a comedian that came out and defended him, and he said uh, the whole story basically was. He uh, was asked to open for Cat, and when he oh, yeah, got ready to go on stage, Cat wasn't there. So uh, he went and did his set, and he said it was one of the best sets I've ever done. Uh, and then he gets off, and uh, he's as he's getting ready to leave the stage, walking off the back, he says a guy wa- steps out in a uh, furry uh, jacket, um, and it's Cat Williams. He said that was an amazing show. You're a, you're an absolutely amazing uh, comedian. Um, and then he gave him a handshake that was five times what his actual pay was. And then he says, uh, when he, when the guy said, thank you and everything and walked off, Kat said, Hey, reach out. If you ever need help, I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll get you out there. And he said within 30 days, uh, 
he reached out, Cat reached out, and uh, he toured with them for 160 shows over the next three years. Right. Like, stuff like that. Like, that's why I always talk about with D, when, when we talk about, oh, people doing, like, you, your favorite wrestler, The Rock. I think he does so much for the publicity by posting everything and trying to get notoriety. I hate that. That's why, like, I respect with Cat Williams doing it when he's doing it. He doesn't, like you said, he doesn't have to post it for likes and for for recognition and stuff. He does it because it's the right thing to do and to help people. And uh, I, I respect that even more. And I think, and the, the funny thing is, the comedian says, "Hey, I will always appreciate Cat for that and just for that." Cat, say your shit, <laughs> which I love because he was like. Hey, everybody's want to down him. He's actually an amazing person. He did make amazing by me. I have not a bad thing to say about him. You know, I, I, I find it funny that, that okay. So Cat came out and said what he said. I don't see how anybody can feel disrespected, um, disrespected or feel like damn Cat. Like why are you coming at me? Because I I've seen some people that come out against him. Faison Love, obviously he was one of those that uh, Cat Williams had talked about. Uh, uh, Ari Spears, he's one of those that Cat talked about as well. But he came out as well and said what he had to say. Um, um, and Faison said that you know Cat's always been overrated. I'm gonna tell you something about Cat Williams. Cat Williams is one of the legends when it comes to comedy. Okay. Uh, if you're going to say that DL Hughley is a legend, you're going to have to say that Cat Williams is a legend. If you're going to say Eddie Griffin is a legend, you're going to have to say that Cat Williams. I was wondering where you're going when you said Eddie, because I was going to say Eddie Murphy is a whole nother level than those guys you just mentioned. No. You're you're going to have to say that Cat Williams is a legend. Um, There's a lot of people that would say that Cat Williams' career career would be one that's on par with that of one Michael Blackson. I think that it's not. I think that um, because they kind of had some of the same roles. I what I found most inspiring. What I found to be like really riveting out of everything that he said, um, and I'd love to hear y'all thoughts on this. The most riveting thing that Cat Williams said was Tyler Perry never helped anybody in his movies get big. And when I thought about that, I said, you know what? He has a point because, you know, they never went on and did shows with other people. They only did shows with Tyler Perry. So Tyler Perry didn't necessarily put somebody on. He didn't put on, you know, Chad Boswick or, you know, how when 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 um, the Mickey Mouse Club first came out, you had a lot of people that leave Mickey Mouse Club and become who they are today, the Justin Timberlakes and all of those people. You know, nobody from the Tyler Perry shows have gone off to play in big movies and be, have a big star in role, Gary. There's no success story there. I found that very interesting because... You know, I think his biggest crossover was uh, Brown and with, with House of Pain, with those two, but they were still Tyler Perry shows. So I would say people that were original to the Tyler Perry movies and stuff, I would say yes. But he had some big actors and actresses come in the movies that he did, and they were they were big actors and actresses in Hollywood. But I don't think they started – with Tyler Perry, they were already actors, actors <clears throat> before. That's so what I can I'm understand saying. what you're saying and what I'm, he's saying. I'm saying living, I'm I'm talking about in living color. I'm talking about Tyler Perry. Saturday Night Live. I, yes, I'm talking about shows like that that put out uh, performers or talent to where they go out in the world, Gary, and they actually get other jobs. I was very like, it was very interesting hearing how well. He articulated what it is he was saying about Tyler Perry. He didn't, he never once put him down. He just said that you've never seen him go on and star and make movies. Like there's Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington didn't come from him, but he's going to star off to make, you know, great movies and, and things like that. You tell me one, Gary, that came from the Tyler Perry movies that we grew up watching that is going to be the rock from wrestling. 
like that rock, you know, that that crossover. We've seen The Rock leave wrestling. We've seen John Cena leave wrestling. We've seen a few guys, Batista, cross over and do the acting. I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look into that even more, but I haven't seen all of I haven't seen any of the interview with Cat Williams and yeah. uh, the Shay Shay show or whatever, but I want to watch it because I want to see everything he said because I think it's interesting because you don't you don't get a lot of celebrities come out and go after everybody and then some a lot a lot of stuff gets backed up by other people as being true and stuff like that and especially going to the level and in depth that he goes into from what I've to- been told and read about I think it's very in- interesting and I I I commend him for coming out and giving his speaking his word. Well, see, that that's the thing, though, Gary. We did we even know he had a word to speak? Like we didn't know that he even had a beef with anybody. I was under the impression. I don't even that, think it's a beef, though. I think it's more of just he's he's Aaron he's Aaron out how Hollywood is and how it all works. We and already knew that, like, Gary. We no, already knew Hollywood. Was. Yes, we did. No. Gary, yes, we did. We no, people don't I, know all. I, that have though. you ever heard of Her- Harvey Weinstein? Yeah. Have you ever heard of Jeffrey Epstein? I, I could keep. You, do you I, never heard. You never heard of it until they got caught. You're absolutely you right. Years and years and years. You're, you're you're absolutely right. Nothing that Cat Williams said is going to change the trajectory of the comics that he talked about. Correct. And I don't think he. I don't think he was trying to change their trajectory. That, that's 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 making, all I'm saying. He was just making things known to the public that's not originally known. I think yeah, that's oh, he what he's really doing. He hates Steve Harvey. He hates Steve Harvey, bro. See, I don't know any of that stuff. So oh, he hates Steve Harvey. I I don't know it, so I can't even comment on it. Yeah, what you got, Tom? It's good. You definitely need to check it out. He's got some funny stuff in there, uh, especially since you like to play golf, Gary. He has some funny. Uh, lines about playing golf um, but yeah it's just and to me I don't know you know because obviously he exposed Kevin Hart Wait, yeah, I say exposed but you know that's what he feels like he was doing whether or not what he said about Kevin Hart was you know true or not he was like you know Kevin Hart was a plant you never saw him sell any shows on the west coast before he came to Hollywood and, and like he all, all of a sudden is one of the biggest comedians, uh, you know, ever, whatever. So Kevin Hart next day or two days later is on ESPN sitting around with, a, uh, you know, some of his friends, uh, they're called the red cup solo boys, whatever, watching basketball. And they're all essentially calling cat Williams crazy. And, you know, yeah. trying to crack jokes. And also, if you go read the comments, Everybody in the comments was like, this is just proving that Cat Williams was telling the truth more. Because y'all are on here just, you know, using this flight. You know, ESPN clipped it and put it on their platform. Uh, you know, obviously, for the, I'm sure it's for the views. Obviously, come on now. But it's just, you know, it's, it's just funny that, you know, what? Because did y'all see, have y'all seen the joke that he said Cedric stole from him? No. Yes. Yes. See, what do you think? It, it is it, it is a stolen joke, but that joke right there wasn't even the one that got me. Like, I think one of the funniest Barney Mac jokes of all time was a stolen joke, bro, from the Apollos. That's what blows my mind. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I I, I I'm okay with like Stolen jokes if you reference the person you got it from. But but here's the thing now. Here's the thing. Uh, Cam Newton, when he came out with the dab, he didn't reference where he got it from. Everybody called it the Cam Newton dab. The the giddy. The giddy didn't start with, it's just, it's based on whoever does it and make it famous. Like the Seto Neto, that's, that's, a, that's a wrestling thing. That's Pentagon Jr., uh, George Kittle does it in football. So I'm, I'm. What I'm saying is, is that there's certain things that you're that, leaving out one of the biggest ones that gets credited something that he didn't start it. 
And that is uh, Times Boy LeBron throwing the little powder in the air. They credit like he started it. KG was the original innovator of that. But with that being said, there's people that take that celebration and they take it to whole new depths and levels, Gary. I, I, I'll give you a story. and You know this story and we all know this story because he told it every chance he got. Ray Lewis dance when he comes out. It's the most iconic dance of all time. And he got it from a crackhead. <laughs> better, better dance. All I'm saying is, is there's certain people like Barney Mac that that stuttering joke took it on a whole nother meaning because his delivery was so much better than the original. Right. That's all I'm saying. I, I think it's okay to, yes, because, you know, comedy uh, is one of those things where, like, you hear something that's funny, how can you rework it? Uh, but I think just say, yeah, like, it just because, you know, Cedric denied it. He's like, I never heard Cat do a joke like that. I never heard him do a joke about a spaceship. Man, you're talking about a spaceship joke. You sit there and put the video side by side. It's clear that you got the the concept of your joke from that joke. Like, it's it's just clear. So I think if he would just, like, acknowledge, like, oh, yeah, you know, it was I, I worked it after I saw Cat because I thought it was such a great joke. So I made it work for my sets. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? But instead, he wants to sit up here and say, oh, I never... I never sold that from him. I didn't even know he did a joke like that. <laughs> but but that's the that's the thing though. That's the thing though. Like none of our like there's the jokes, even if they're similar, they don't even have to be the same. They can have the same cadence or sound alike and somebody will accuse you of stealing it. Like I there's billions of people on this planet and you think that uh that that the joke that you came up with can't be thought of before. Maybe you inspire somebody like, oh, I like his joke, but I can make his joke better. And here's the thing, though, Tom, if I can make his joke better, do I reach out to him and say, hey, man, I can make your joke better. It could be funnier if you just add this. Or do I go ahead and add it to my joke and make it funnier? Because I'm like, oh, I know it. I know the ingredients that this guy is missing. I'm not saying that his cake's not good. I'm just saying that I fix what's wrong with his cake. I think right. that's how you would uh, present it. Like if he, if somebody accused you of stealing, like, hey, I did borrow your joke and I made it better and I delivered it way better than what you did because I liked what you did and I liked where you're going, but I brought it to a finish line. So you turn it into like, yes, I used it, but I made it more. And then, and then that way, it's also giving credence that yes, I did. Used a joke in a way, but I also versus trying to take credit for something that you didn't come up with. Yeah, I I also found out by listening to Cat Williams, and I'm being honest with y'all, and I wasn't gonna say this on the podcast. I find Cat Williams to be a very noble Ned Stark's like individual as it relates to how he operates as a comedian um he's very noble in the business of uh fighting to be the best it is very difficult for there's hard it's hard to make it to the top gear without stepping on toes so i don't understand how like kevin hart for instance like i understand he got a beef with kevin hart but there's no way Kevin Hart could have fixed that. There's no way. Because here's the, here's the difference, Gary. What you won't do, I may be willing to do. You may be like, hey, I'm not willing to get up and go outside in this type of heat and make $600,000 on one day. And I'm just like, shit, yeah, I am. I get up, I go and I... But for you to tell me that I sold my soul and I did this and I did that because I did something that you wouldn't do, that's crazy, Gary. And it wasn't like it was immoral what I did. No, I agree. So that's why I, I, I found it very interesting that he has a 
Like, he has a beef with Kevin Hart, bro. And the thing is, is, like, Kevin Hart is not one of those battle comedians where he can go in, like, there's no way. There's not a lot of comedians, Gary, that can touch Cat Williams on a mic, bro. Not a battle, like a like a battle? There's no way. Uh, we haven't heard much. All I know is Cat Williams' most recent stand-up he did was not very good. I did you not t- like it at all. But, like, he hasn't done much recently other than that. But before that, heyday, Cat Williams, boy, you're dying laughing from the time he starts to the time he ends. Yeah. And he has there's there's sayings that you would hear said, and you 100% right now would think, yeah, I could hear Cat Williams saying that right now in my head, and yeah. his voice and everything. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's uh, I, I think the greatest comedic line of all time, and everybody know it. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of that uh gary just sh- shifting gears because uh we're talking about comedians and we we're we getting ready to close out the podcast but i don't want to close out the podcast dave Chappelle, the greatest comedian of all times in my eyes i don't care what y'all say i i have crowned him as my goat if it's okay for time to crown lebron james as his goat I can also crown Dave Chappelle as my go to comedy. Uh, and this is not me being like funny. I'm being serious. There's no other comedian out there that's even close to the wit and then the, the ingenuity of his jokes that he have. Well, he's getting a lot of flack and he always get a lot of flack every time he drop a special because he always go out the trans community. And as a result of him going out of the trans community, he always makes the news he got a good one with this one gary he got I a good watch one. It, so don't tell me because i have it's on my list gary, watch, but I, haven't watched I gotta it. i gotta tell you something that he said no i want to watch it that ah oh, bro it's amazing I it yet. it's amazing it's amazing i watched it when it first came out because i was just like i know dave will never disappoint and it's it's so fascinating to hear him telling stories uh, and I'm, I, I like the storytellers, man. Anybody that can tell me a story and then sell me on a great punchline at the end, I'm hook, line, and sinker. I'm all in. I'm like the guy that jumped in the Bass Pro Shop tank, went for a swim, and left his dick in there. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Was that jumped in I, there? I haven't seen it, so I have to watch it, and uh, it's on my list. I am going to watch it. I heard it's good. It is wild like bro look here this bit him off i will have it watched and we can talk about it next week gary gary i don't know what he was thinking when he jumped out the tank (laughs) did you see when he came back time i have no idea what you're talking about so when when he came back time he was mad (laughs) that's that's rough Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna have to cut it a little bit short there, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Wow, I see what you did there. I see Uh, what you did there. It's a little shrinkage on the podcast, but uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in. We'll be back next week as we watch the Cowboys start their run to the Super Bowl. Until then. I hate you. I really hate this podcast. I can't keep doing this to myself. I love you. are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage.